I was very sensitive about people's behavior. That's the essence of advertising, to, to have your senses all the time aroused and to, to listen, to feel the things that people don't say, to try to expect and to predict their behavior. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax, and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by Jay Ventures, a community-driven VC fund in Silicon Valley, in partnership with Leumi Tech, sponsored by Hippo Insurance, Opwest Labs, Turing, Hillel at Stanford, Leap, and in media partnership with C-Tech. This episode is about advertising and marketing. Meet Robbie Nissan, co-founder and chief business development officer of Fetcher LTD. Robbie brings 22 years of experience in the advertising and marketing industry in Israel. Former chief creative officer in TBWA and former founder and head of strategy and creative at Havas. Robbie has vast experience in commercial and political campaign management and as a senior strategy consultant in the Wolfson Foundation and other international organizations. Robbie Nissan, welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. How are you today? I love the background that you have behind you. It's, it's amazing. Yeah, and it's not a virtual background. Actually, um, I'm like, yep. my, dream was, my dream all my life was to live in a record store. So once I had my own office, I, instead of uh, changing uh, photos and pictures all day long, you just change the covers. You can change the whole design in one second. I, I love that. What, what is it about records that you love so much? Why records? Ah, it's a good question. Um, except of the really, really crunchy, rare, special sounds that only records can provide, that's the easy uh, answer. I can tell you that these days, this, these generations, they had playlists most of the day. Now, when was the last time that you sat and gave an artist the honor to listen to his whole album? You can't listen to Pink Floyd in a, in a, in a hit list, okay? It can't be before Ricky Martin and after Maroon 5. It doesn't five. work. So I sit and I have this exactly. 40 minutes of something. I love it. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I'm, a, I'm particularly a Broadway fan and it's impossible to take out a song and just listen to it. You have to understand the story, the context. And especially yeah. when you're talking about artists like Pink Floyd, it's all about the context, which uh, unfortunately is lacking in some, in some of today's listening habits. But we're not here to talk about music. We're actually here to talk about pricing, intelligence, and uh, Robbie's journey. And so tell me a little bit about how you even get yourself into the tech world and specifically into this, in this, in this idea of demand prediction and pricing intelligence. Okay. <laughs> It's a good question because um, I, I did most of my career since I was 22 in the advertising industry in Israel. I started as a copywriter in TBWA Tel Aviv, and I ended up by being the chief creative officer of TBWA Tel Aviv. And then I moved and was one of the founders and the chief uh, strategy and creative of Havas Tel Aviv. It was called in Bar and Merchav Nisan. And um, most of my life I was doing, I was very sensitive about people's behavior. That's the essence of advertising, 
to to have your senses all the time aroused and to to listen to feel the things that people don't say to try to expect and to predict their behavior now i didn't know that in the other world were machines they're doing the same things in other industries such algo trading and all this uh places and nasa but uh i grew up by always trying to be one step forward than the competition by understanding what will be the next need the next demand now um one of the decision that i've made when i left the advertising world when i became 40 is that i'm going to dedicate the next 40 years of my life or the second 40 years of my life to break each and every glass walls that I put in front of myself in my first 40 years. You know, when you're you're a creative person, they always tell you, you do the creative. You don't understand nothing about money. You don't understand nothing about business. You deal with the creative. You're the talent. You know nothing about clients. You know nothing about this. And all the things that I told myself, you don't know how to, you don't have talent to play a guitar. You don't have talent to learn another language. Okay, so you, all the time, the society and yourself are putting glass walls. Now it comes to a point when you reached all the peaks that you wanted to achieve, that when you're asking yourself what I'm gonna do in the next 40 years, I'm gonna take one big hammer and, and I'm going to slam each and every one of them. So I learned to play electric guitar. I'm not a talent. I'm not David Gilmore, but um, I cannot even warm him. But I'm, I'm really enjoying myself. I'm, I know four languages. Uh, I even uh, bought a drill because my wife doesn't let me even uh, put a nail because she says I have left hands, but it's not right. I didn't use it, but I'm going to build something. I don't know what, but I bought it already. So one of the things was, I'm very technophobic, okay? Um, I write on my hand, you see, uh, things that I need to do. Um, I don't count on technology because it always failed me in the money time. In my biggest presentation, always was something. In this, she was never my friend. Now, um, I, I lost technology when it, it came to the um, internet uh, uh, era, but when it came to the mobile, I came back because the mobile and Apple specifically were designed for stupid people like me. It's just pressing things and okay, I'm in my bank. Okay, wow, I can do this. Wow, I can do this in one press. So yes, now I'm very digital, but um, I never was interested in how technology works. I love the outcome of technology and what it what needs it serves to the human being and uh, um, because and and I never was interested in that. So when a friend, my partner and our CEO and my friend and my neighbor Roy Cohen came to me and told me about the idea of trying to create some really high-end digital technology stuff that only he understood what he was telling me. Uh, I was, the, the, my first instinct was, what's for me, that I, I, I'm, what can I contribute? Okay, I don't, I'm scared of technology. You want, you're talking to me with, with phrases. 
I don't understand. He's coming from e-commerce for the past uh, 15 years. He understands pricing and tactical pricing and all these equations and uh, uh, reversed auctions and all kinds of really uh, sophisticated phrases. And uh, my first instinct was, no, 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 I I can consult you when you're going to want to build a brand. And you're going to have this and this, this, but no, I'm not going to come there and be one of the founders of something like that. And the minute I said it, right. I understood that this is the glass wall I was always waiting for. Okay. To build something. Ah. that <laughs> You know, to deal with money, with investors, with fundraising, me, creative and to deal with technology and with high-end technology and with phrases that I don't know, and to understand it in a level that I can sit with Michael Matthias and be with enough confidence to talk about technology. Imagine what challenge it was for me three three years ago. Wow, Robbie, I, I get so, I, it's, I love this conversation. I, lo- I love this story. You know, usually I, you know, most people in your position, they grew up as programmers or as finance people or business people. And they were, you know, working their life, building up to this moment where they're going to, you know, talk about, you know, their journey. And here you are telling me that three years ago you were a technophobe. And, and, and I just love that. I, I have to, you know, delay for a second about this idea of breaking glass ceilings. What, why? Why is this such a, you know, a big part of your life? I think that you can only real live, you can only do it while you're growing. If you're not growing, you're not living, you're existing. Now, you can grow to the sides, but eventually you do the huge steps by growing, by defeating your fears, because you're going to get to learn new Uh, aspects of your personality that you never discovered before. And it gives you the appetite to discover more and more before you die, (laughs) because you understand that you have so many to reveal. Right. And so now that you're, you know, past this glass ceiling, and I have no doubt that there's going to be more glass ceilings that you're going to break along the way, what do you do? What, what is it about both, you know, Fetcher, but also pricing intelligence that really gets you excited. Okay, first of all, uh, in the army, I served in the intelligence because um, it's also understanding. I don't know, Siri just pumped in. Siri, uh, close. Okay. You that, see, that's you what see we get with, with, this remote, uh, with this remote podcast. <laughs> always, always. I love that. I, we're keeping this in the editing. I love this. <laughs> <laughs> okay, is it going to be more? Because she's not a living. She's uh, th- there. Is this uh, you know the Siri thing moving there? Okay, so um, <laughs> intelligence is also trying to understand what the other side thinking. What is uh, uh, how to how can you manipulate him? How how you can understand the bigger picture? How can you understand between the lines? All the things that interest me since I was young. Now, you know, I heard while I was (laughs) technophobe, I heard these kind of things of price discrimination. You know, there are big things that were in the news of the algorithms that know who you are and offers you different prices. 
And this is, for me, it was like, hmm, it was like Kasparov looking at deep blue. Okay, you remember the, the machine? Okay, it's like, wow, you're probably better than I, but I want to test you to see how good am I and to see if why does uh, these machines replaced, you know, in the old days when there was a stock market and there was a Mr. Microsoft. If you want Microsoft, you go to this person. In 20 years, he follows it. He's the man. He's 80 years old, but uh, he's doing. So how come a machine knows better than him? Okay. And um, right. when Roy came to me, I love pretentious ideas. I love them. Okay. If somebody comes to me and let's say, let's do a keyboard with a little screen that tells you what you're typing, it's boring for me. Okay. I know that it might be very um, commercial success, but I'm not interested. I like things, you know, when you're going to ask me at the end, I'm going to spare you this question. Uh, uh, people that inspires me. Okay. That, you know, are the all the people that are trying trying to leave a little scratch on the globe before they leave a little N not everyone succeeded but yeah. in their own place in their own little bubble to scratch the world once before they die so um he came to me and he told me we have two more founders we're four founders it's a uh, roy cohen uh shimi avizmil He's a genius in uh, implementing. He was the head of the financial department in Matrix. So he knows how to deal with uh, wow. very old, heavy uh, structures. And Dr. Uri Rushalmi, that he's the brain uh, behind this dream. I'm, I, I only know how to talk nice and to make uh, Michael Matthias smile. But eventually to do this uh, thing, uh, you need the real brain. So um, Dr. Uri Rushalmi, when uh, Roi uh, let us meet together, I was fascinated because like myself, he was born in Iran and um, he's a computer wizard because he has his first uh, PhD in neural science in 2006, one of the first in Israel. And in the past 15 years, wow. he's been the head of the leading companies in Manhattan that does algo trading with the models that all their job is to understand the uh, market dynamics and demand prediction and continuous pricing. It's war levels in the, in the Star Wars technology, okay? So, um, and he's very humble and very, and all of us are above 45, okay? We're old farts. And uh, um, we, we, we're there and, you know, we live in the same neighborhood. Our children are studying the same classes. We know each other for so many years. Each one of us did a totally different career. And we came up together and we said, what if, like Robin Hoods, you know, there are markets that are very sophisticated, like algo trading, e-commerce, that all the decision making of pricing and demand prediction and, and, and competitor behavior are done by algorithms, okay? But there are huge traditional markets like aviation, banking, hospitality, car rentals, cruises, insurance, okay? A cargo, logistics, that still these decisions are being taken by humans based not on real-time data. 
report-based. Now, it's amazing to see how huge brands and, and companies in the world, I'll give you an, an example. A huge airline company, a six-star airline, okay, that does more than 25 million passengers a year. Uh, the people that are responsible to price, you have average between 15 to 20 people in the department that needs to do more than 100,000 flights. Now, of course they can't do wow. it. So they, they take the, the, the most wanted ones and they put the price on the other and come to check it after a month. And they can't, it's like a float. Now in the, in the algo trading, if you go today, you will see huge brains, that neural brains that can absorb so many data points for so many things, whether capital markets, news, pandemic, whatever you want, stock markets, and digest it, correlates it, and try to understand what a human brain cannot do, okay? And to try to understand from all this mess, what will be the demand? What will be the behavior? So right. we, we thought, if we can be like Robin Hoods and create one model for all industries, one model, one brain that can migrate easily these markets and give them the abilities of these markets, we will cut all the hubs that grew in the way that are taking the money of the end consumers and the sources. And we can create a world that is much more commoditized, much more advanced, that the companies will gain the best and the end consumer will gain the best. So that was a huge challenge. Imagine how many enemies you're going to put on your head while challenging these industries by giving them, it's like Pomateus giving the fire. Okay, so yes, let's do it. Let's bring the fire and see what happens. I, I can't imagine... Uh, you know, the, the, both the, the exhilaration, the excitement, but the challenges that come with this. And, uh, you know, I feel like we're just, Robbie, we're just starting to scratch the surface uh, with, with what you're doing. But I, have to, I do have to say that, you know, I'm leaving this conversation with a unique inspiration, you know, about this idea of breaking glass ceilings and, uh, you know, being flexible and open-minded. And, and I just love, uh, love the journey that you shared with me. So thank you very, very much. And I have a few uh, final questions. You already answered one of them. Uh, but I do have two more questions for you. Uh, the first one is going to be, uh, what is your favorite subject or one of your favorite subjects uh, from middle school or high school? I generally prefer middle school. Those are more fun. From middle school to high school till today, the Bible. Really? What is it about yeah. the Bible? Imagine that the most intelligent people in history throughout the ages found this book as very relevant to their life in any aspect, in any, right. in any place in time. So when you read it, and I took the challenge and I read the whole 24 books of the Tanakh, because I wanted to see what's the big deal. And it's a big deal because once you understand it, you understand that right. all the changes is instead of Galabia, I'm wearing a t-shirt and instead of a camel, I have a car, nothing changes. The, your Yetzer, your passions, right. your, your, uh, your core values, your lighthouse. Um, I, I recommend to each and every one of us before they judge religion and Judaism, read the Bible, the whole 24 books. Wow. I, 
<laughs> it's a lot of books. Uh, I, I definitely enjoyed it. My, my, my time in, in those classes as well. And what are three words that you would choose to describe yourself? So if I would ask anybody, who is Robbie? Who's Robbie? I don't know, but I want to tell you um, what I trying to do in my life. I don't know if it was uh, absorbed by the society, but uh, what I'm trying to do, always, always, always be sensitive. Sensitive, not by the, by the first meaning, but also meaning that all your senses are all time working. Senses. Ah. I'm trying to be very sensitive to people, but to nature and to thoughts and to new ideas and to everything. It's hard because it's uh, easy to stay on one sense, but uh, try to keep all of your senses uh, open, to be very curious and to keep walking because I think that you can't really change people, but you can inspire them. So do your thing and- I agree. Keep walking, grow. I love that. Being sensitive, keep working, grow. Robbie, I really want to thank you for spending the time with me. I, uh, I, I, I loved it. Thank you very, very much. Definitely the best setting I've seen for an interview here. Uh, and uh, stay safe and stay healthy. Thank you very much. You as well. Thank you very much for your time, Michael. Thank you. Take care.